Hello and welcome back to the Variant Cast. I am here with my very special guest that is here every single week. He just found out that he needs to serve 300 years in prison if he ever goes back to the sacred timeline, but he's fine just chilling in his little podcast bubble. It is Trent. How you doing, man? Doing good. Here live from podcast prison and uh, excited to record another Variant Cast episode. Let's go. It's the Podcast Variants Authority back at it again. Uh, why don't we go ahead and tell them what we're going to be talking about at today's show? Today we're going to be diving into the first two episodes of Loki that just came out. Uh, those just dropped on Disney+. Plus. And mm-hmm. um, along with that, we're going to talk some Marvel TV news since it's going to be a big switch up in the production side of things. And then we're going to go into some A24 news because they're supposedly getting into maybe some bigger ips and uh the bigger properties so we'll talk about that and then we got a fun game involving some non-traditional actors that both me and ty like um we're talking about uh musician actors athlete actors and all all the like so make sure to join us in that segment later in the show and After that, finish off the show. Maybe we'll talk about uh, what we've been watching this week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, make sure you stick around for that. We've um, been taking a look at a few random movies. So uh, maybe talking about something, some of your favorites. So uh, make sure to stick around. Uh, just to jump right into it, let's go ahead and get into Loki. Episode one and two are now out. Let's do what it. do you think, Trent? I love them. I lo- I, I'm really digging this uh this show the Mm -hmm. seems to be picking up right where season one ends not not necessarily like story-wise but just like style-wise and like feel-wise and uh it's good to just like be back with the with the characters that i feel like we we need to spend more time with yeah i mean i think the first season uh everyone loved it but that was at kind of a period where every people kind of loved everything coming out on Disney plus. Uh, so with season two, I think, you know, it's Marvel reception is at an all time low. If you're talking about approval ratings, it's Mm -hmm. uh, all time low. So they really needed to hit it out of the park with this one to show, Hey, not only are our movies still, still okay. Uh, but we can still put out some good TV and this is probably their like top, top three this like these first two episodes i think it's like top three disney plus content yeah um obviously i probably would have said that about miss marvel after the first couple episodes Mm -hmm. and there are some similarities in just like how uniquely shot uh these first two episodes are like compared to other disney plus projects Mm -hmm. Uh, um but i mean really all in all it's just well written uh it doesn't feel like there's plot holes around every corner doesn't feel like we're ever wasting time every episode is only 45 minutes but it feels like a movie every time it feels like something happened yeah yeah and i think that was my biggest problem with like miss marvel for example is there was like an episode where just nothing happened two episodes just (laughs) felt like nothing is happening like what are we waiting for uh this is the opposite problem where i just want to know what is gonna happen next yeah and it seems like there's so many undiscovered little things about the world that need to be 
figured out or resolved or um, just like little little story story plots that need to be settled. But um, yeah, it's like a like a rich world that I just I just love watching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I think they could have easily phoned in this TVA thing, especially with, oh, we're going to kill he who remains and the TVA is going to get destroyed. All the variants are going to get blasted back to the original timeline and season two is going to follow them or something like that. Yeah. Uh, But they, they're taking a very unique approach to it. Um, It's not really a story that's ever been told like comic books, anything like that. This is a completely original sci-fi story. Uh, within the Marvel universe that has great consequences for Mm -hmm. the MCU. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a completely different style than the other MCU shows as well. So like, like the first episode, it seemed like it was almost like shot on digital because it had like kind of like that film, like that film grain, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just, just seem, it's just great. Yeah. I want to, I want to give a, a special shout out to uh, we're going to be talking about some A24, but Kihu Kwan. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. but he's uh, he plays Ouroboros uh, or Ob. And there's a really, really good scene with Ob um, that deals with like the time travel and all that stuff. Uh, let's get into some spoilers for a second. Let's do what, what do you think? What do you think this means for the overall MCU? Like, what are they trying to tell us here? Um, what are they trying to? Because it feels like Loki, more than any other Disney Plus show or any other Marvel project, is trying to tell us stuff about yeah. where the MCU is going. Uh, especially since it is a completely original Marvel mm-hmm. like cinematic universe story. So they this story is created to move along the MCU in the uh, multiverse saga. Yeah. Where do you think we're going? Um, It certainly seems like we're headed towards... like the next Avengers movie with Kang and his variants and the, he who remains, but um, yeah, with the whole pruning timelines and uh, all of that. And like now at the end of season two or at the end of episode two, like there's like a big, like a, like a big change. It feels like what should be a big change in the universe, but like they probably they bombed time. <laughs> yeah, they literally bombed the timelines, <laughs> and it seems like there should be ramifications for that. But like, who knows? If, who knows? So, from what I gathered, what I gather from this world, right, mm-hmm. is you have the sacred timeline that moves in one direction. There's other, like, there's other instances. There's different things going on at once, but they all move back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well they, go, well, they go and then I'm guessing they end and then it, they start over and they go and then they end. And that's how uh, He Who Remains had it. Now, there's there's theory because the Council of Kangs, like what is that scene of the Council of Kangs? There's a theory that like this whole TVA, all of these timelines are just in kind of this confined space to the overall multiverse. Mm. Uh, and I don't, I don't know exactly what they're doing there. But I think with like that, I think what was happening and they kind of talked about it in Endgame is if you take like a, if you take 
the infinity stone and you don't return it to the same point in time it's going to branch mm-hmm. and the reason why the ancient ones like hey don't don't let us branch is they would get pruned for branching yeah but since he returned it to the same spot in the timeline it never branched because everything was where it needed to be uh but then when he who remains was killed and they were allowed to just start branching all over the place um it essentially like any point in the timeline could now branch. So you could be in the 1800s and someone tied their shoe differently. And then that created a whole branch uh, that went off and uh, had this whole world that developed off of this one difference or whatnot. And we get to see that with Sylvie. She goes to the eighties, Oklahoma in the eighties. Yeah. To a McDonald's. She want she could pick any life, and she wanted to be a woman in Oklahoma in the 1980s working at McDonald's. At first, I thought it was going to be the first McDonald's, like their original McDonald's, you know? And then right, Keaton she's getting in on the ground up. floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I really don't understand what she was doing because, like, she doesn't have a spot on earth like her spot in the timeline was as a low-key variant that was on the sacred timeline that was just happened to be a woman for some reason uh but it was still like her story was supposed to follow the same story as like the loki we saw yeah so i don't know if like her Thor was the same. They haven't gone into that at all because it, they, her timeline got like her whole timeline got pruned. Right. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Cause they, they re, they said they reset the timeline. They took her said, you're the, you're the nexus event. She was just vibing. Mm -hmm. She wants to know what her nexus event is. No one, like we'll tell her what her nexus event is. Yeah. So I think the reveal for her nexus event has to be something with Kang, right? Yeah. I feel like it has to be. Cause it seems like he only prunes timelines that have like him in it. Like he wants to prune that timeline. So maybe she contributed to Kang being born or something like that. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I, I I have a bit of a side side question here about mm-hmm. Loki. Isn't he a frost giant? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's like half half frost. Giant. But how how is he half frost giant? Because, um, uh, actually, actually, is is he a frost giant? No, he's a he's. I thought he was just a hundred percent frost giant because, like in in the MCU, I know in the comics he's half, but in the MCU. Odin just like shows up, he, he, fights a bunch given, of frost he was giants. Given Loki from the frost giants. He just, he just no. no he he took, wasn't given him. No, no, yeah, he, he took, killed he, him. Yeah, he took he took Loki from the from the frost giants. Yeah, so I don't, I don't understand how Loki. I understand he knows magic from his mom, but that's presumably his adopted mom, unless they're kind of like quietly retconning that back into the comics, where that is his biological mother. And he's half frost giant. Like, so she cheated on Odin with a frost giant or the frost giant did some (laughs) nefarious stuff. Something. Yeah. 
Uh, Because it definitely feels like maybe they just didn't want to say that and that was supposed to be implied, but it definitely feels like he's not just just a frost giant. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. But um, let's that's that's Loki. First couple episodes, I think they knocked it out of the park. I hope they don't fumble it um, like they did with a couple of their Disney Plus shows at this point have had some pretty rough climaxes looking at you secret invasion yeah and yeah i hope that the season continues to get better as it as it goes and uh answers all the questions because that's ultimately that's ultimately what what we're here for right yeah get answered it, it does does seem like every episode will answer a question uh i'm glad they didn't spend too much time searching for sylvie i was worried that was going to be like the full season like ah we're looking for sylvie we can't find sylvie uh, but they found her episode two, and it really wasn't like a a large story point. Obviously, like she has her arc going on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think they it's paced extremely well. Mm-hmm. It's set up extremely well, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. And the scene where Owen Wilson is like is like going out towards the thing to put the giant reactor into the yes, <laughs> that was such a good scene. Yeah, it was. Um, and. It, it had tension, even though you kind of felt like I, you know, he's going to make it obviously. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the same time, I was there's so much time shenanigans and stuff like I was like, oh, they're going to are they going to go back in time to save him if he does die? Are they just going to get a different Loki? You know, yeah. maybe they'll actually kill this Loki. I was a bit worried about that. But uh, I, I like what they did. And I, I'm really excited to see where it goes uh, real quick. I do want uh, do you got a prediction for what Morbius's life on the Mobius, sacred timeline? Morbius. Oh, I see. <laughs> I keep saying Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Morbius, heck yeah. Uh, so, so anything for the um, the uh, Sandman? What What's your prediction about his uh, his life? What it was like? It, it presumably includes jet skis. Yeah, my first guess was that was just going to be actor Owen Wilson's life, right? That would be really funny. But apparently he's that not that be. big of a fan of jet skis. So, <laughs> I feel like I feel like maybe maybe it is just like he's got a family, he's got like a bunch of kids and he's just like going to be depressed when he finds out that like he got take like like that's the life he could have had, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's I think I think the the most popular theory right now is he's gonna be like a jet ski dealership, like oh. that's, <laughs> and it would make sense. Like they're gonna cut to Owen Wilson on the sacred timeline. He's gonna be selling jet skis. Like get it right now, you yeah. Know? Uh, but a quick shout out to Morbius, aka Sandman. That's a that's on Netflix. It's a very interesting, weird show. Have you have you seen the Sandman? I've watched I've watched like most of it. I think I haven't watched like the last couple episodes. You gotta watch the last couple episodes. Kit's even weirder. <laughs> and didn't it get didn't, it, didn't it get picked up by another by another streamer? Or maybe they're just doing I, season two. I think they're just doing a season two because they left it on a cliffhanger. So look at that DC getting big pop with the Sandman. Yep. Fuck yeah. But uh, enough about Netflix. What, what what's Disney Plus cooking up? So. There's going to be a big shift in Marvel TV production. Uh, this dropped on Wednesday morning, I believe. 
And um, there's a headline that, that, to be honest, kind of pissed me off a little bit. <laughs> uh, so uh, there was a, a bunch of reports saying that inside Marvel, uh, they, weren't un- they were unhappy with the way that Daredevil Born Again was being uh, filmed. Uh, apparently it had, it had filmed like four episodes and it was mostly like a like a legal like a legal drama like a court like a courtroom drama but apparently okay. it wasn't it wasn't working because it was mostly it, like it was almost exclusively like matt murdoch and and like he didn't suit up until episode four but apparently there was a bunch of other reasons why it didn't work but mm-hmm. here's where the here's where the stinger comes because apparently marvel said that they didn't even have showrunners for any of their TV shows. So they said that oh. they said that they're finally starting to trust in the word showrunner and that they're, they finally learned to, they finally learned to respect that word because their TV model doesn't seem to be working. No. So in a traditional TV show, in a traditional TV production, normally a, a uh, production studio would get pitched pilots to a TV show and then they would like come together as a board and say like this worked this didn't work or we want to move forward with this and this is why it didn't work we want you to change like some of it so like a famous example of this was Game of Thrones so Game of Thrones mm-hmm. like submitted their pilot they didn't like they didn't really like the pilot of Game of Thrones so they reshot it and then that's how they cast Amelia Clark and a lot of the other big names is they weren't in the original pilot. So normally they have to go through a process of pitching a pilot, getting it okayed and then getting it picked up for one season and then having to film that season and then get picked up for a second season. Right. So Marvel was just having like a creator slash writer come aboard serve as like the showrunner and then like film like most of it and then try to like fix everything that was wrong with it in post oh that explains a couple things though yeah so i was looking like miss miss marvel not having a showrunner makes so much sense (laughs) yeah and it like that's very clear because the first two episodes it seemed like it was like had a creative direction and like writing that actually like cared for it and care like wanted to spend time with Miss Marvel and then uh it seemed like a stu- like a studio stepped in and said like no this is this is the direction we got to go because this is a Marvel superhero TV show <laughs> yeah I, yeah no 100% it really felt like especially in that one we just like we talked about that before it's so so rough uh, and I think Secret Invasion, I'm guessing, is what what prompted this, right? Yeah. So Secret Invasion, like it went, it underwent like four months of reshoots, and it ended up costing like 215 million dollars to shoot, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was looking into this a little bit more, and um, so like I was looking up which shows had like a none of the like. So the only shows with dedicated like sh- like showrunners were mm-hmm. um, like WandaVision, which w- the showrunner was also the creator of WandaVision. Um, Very good show. 
uh, Loki and She-Hulk. Those are the only three that had like, um, like one person that was like running the, like running the show while they had other creators and other writers. And those are the most coherent shows. Yeah. Like in terms of, you could say what you want about She-Hulk. It has, it's episodic. It's kind of like case of the week. And then it slowly builds into a finale. Like it yeah. works like a TV show. Uh, same with the other ones that you mentioned. I guess WandaVision kind of feels like it's a long movie, but like it works, obviously. And Loki, same thing. Yeah. So it, it kind of just sounds like they've made good stuff when they've had showrunners. Why are they just now starting to respect this term showrunner? Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, so starting now, they said that they're going to start having proper showrunners that are going to write pilots and show Bibles, which a show Bible is usually like setting up the laws of the universe within the TV series that usually you don't break, like having a super serum that has every single, uh, Avengers DNA in it that, uh, gives you every single, uh, power in the, in the Marvel universe. Uh, that probably wouldn't have been included in the show Bible. I would, I would hope, I would hope not. But um, yeah, like just like things that you don't, that don't go out of the bounds of the t- the show, like the story that you're trying to tell. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about this, but also like they should have been doing, they should have been doing this from the start. It definitely <laughs> seems like uh, they kind of they could do no wrong for the longest time. Yeah. And they got a little bit like, you know, we can do whatever we're Marvel. Like anything we put out, people are going to like, yeah. Cause we're Marvel and not realizing people liked a lot of that stuff because of the direction behind it, because it felt good. One of my favorite Marvel movies is Iron Man three, because it feels like, you know, Shane Black, movie. Yeah, Shane it feels, <laughs> feels like a movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of that have come out that don't feel like movies to me. Yeah. And I th- I think that's what they need to get back to. Um, I liked, I'm one of the few people that didn't mind Quantumania. I guess not one of the few people. It's it's fine. It's okayly received. Uh, but that, that movie's like the epitome of this where it's like, there's no movie here. This yeah. is just Marvel stuff. Yeah. It really felt like a, like, people have been using this term like movies by committee where it mm-hmm. seems like it, it just seems like a boardroom got together and are like, this is, this is the movie that we're going to make as opposed to some, like a James Gunn coming to you and being like, like we need to tell the end of rockets. We need to tell the end of Rockets story because it means something to me as well as the, the people who watch the movies. Yeah. And even with, James Gunn, he, like he had that written. Obviously, he had to adapt it to fit with the time, like the amount of time that had passed. Yeah, but like that was always the story. He had a plan, and it was cohesive and it made sense. Same thing when you're watching like Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse, and you're like, oh wow, they thought about this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and it feels like with Quantumania, like they didn't think about any of it, like any of it, like yeah, the none of it. I and I I liked watching it, it but it it does feel like you're watching like a 2020 Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which isn't yeah. necessarily a bad thing for me, but I can understand how some people may not have liked that. 
Yeah, I totally agree. But uh, let's uh, that's enough Marvel. Let's uh, let's talk a little DC. Let's talk a little headlines. What's going on in the movie? movie verse in the entertainment industry as some would say i mm-hmm. uh, i think this is this is the headline uh, that a lot of people have seen in the the last you know week maybe two it's been out for a little bit but uh it's a wild headline and it's alleged so this is alleged uh jason moa allegedly showed up drunk to the set of aquaman dressed as johnny depp and attempted to get amber heard fired <laughs> I did not see the part where he was dressed up like Johnny Depp. <laughs> that is wild. Right? What does that mean? What is dressing up like Johnny Depp? Dress up like Jack Sparrow? Right? Did he just I, have a scarf he, on? Like, <laughs> like, do like, no, no way he would have shaved his beard. Like, what is yeah. dressing up like Johnny Depp? <laughs> That's wild. I, I don't get that, but I, I can feel for him. Uh, when you are the star of this movie and everyone's like Jason Momoa, Aquaman, and the biggest critique of like that movie when you talk like not like not about the movie when you're talking to other people, they're like, oh, it's got Amber Heard in it. Yeah, I don't want to watch Amber Heard like Amber Heard has a very toxic reputation. Yeah. And he was kind of just attached to that. And I always kind of wondered because he's a very, I don't know on topics like this. I feel like he's pretty outward about it. Uh, And it was pretty quiet. So good on him for keeping it quiet, but that is hilarious. If true. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, gotta give props to Jason Momoa for that. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Yeah. I I wish there was more just petty, petty onset drama. Uh, these days it feels like since like movies are such a production and there's so many times where stars aren't even filming with each other uh you don't really get the same like stories uh as you maybe used to about all these crazy things that happen but uh stuff like this keep leaking it even if it's not true we can run with it and someone will have to say if it's real or not leave it to a fast and furious actor to uh have onset beef family yep Uh, another headline of this guy that is a guy that plays uh sad depressed alcoholics very well uh and there's some reports that he is a sad depressed alcoholic and it makes some sense uh one of my favorite actors i believe one of yours as well jeremy allen white oh yeah uh yeah, he's got to do alcohol testing five days a week to get time with his kids. Jeez. Five times a week is nuts. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> like <laughs> alcohol testing five times. Obviously something happened or it's like some legal thing. Yeah. But I, I I found it interesting in the sense that it's kind of the character Lip plays on Shameless. If yeah. you ever ever seen that, he... Definitely has an alcohol problem. And Jeremy Allen White's a really, really talented actor. And I think it's only a matter of time before he kind of breaks through into a little more mainstream stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just how talented he is. And he's getting those nods. Uh, I really hope there's nothing too serious here that uh, holds him back. Obviously, there's countless stories of actors and their troubles and maybe not living up to the potential that 
they could have. Yeah. That is that yeah, that is pretty crazy. I didn't know that yeah. he was like actually like like that in uh in real life, but I do remember seeing a story about how uh pretty sure he married like his high school sweetheart or something. And then and then That's they, always always when it happens in the like, high school. There was there was like like posts of hers when after he won like his uh I think he won like a award for Shameless or he won mm-hmm. he won like best best actor for Shameless or something. And there was just like all these like sentimental posts, but then uh it just like really seemed like like they were like one of the couples that were gonna be <laughs> that were gonna last, you know? But yeah. Uh, yeah, crazy. I mean it's tough, but hey, uh, let's let's talk something. Of, I don't know if it's if it's if you're a film bro, this might be this might be your nine eleven, right? Yeah, seriously. A twenty four wants to get into to my knees big, in the store when I read this. <laughs> they want some big budget movies. Um, there's there's a quote about Jeremy Allen White. Um, that he has had like a stack of A24 scripts <laughs> on his I don't know where that quote came from or if he actually did have a stack of A24 scripts but that was a couple years ago or a year ago and I doubt any were as big budget as they're talking about now and you'd have to assume that's because of the success of everything everywhere all at once yeah what do you what do you make of this what do you think they might do and what is big budget to them I think big budget means like big actor names. We've seen that a little mm-hmm. bit with um like I think Andrew Garfield's done an A24 project. We yeah. saw um Adam Sandler do Uncut Gems, which is which is mm-hmm. fire. Um the uh Robert Pattinson has done an A24 movie, but I think that a, a lot of A24 movies are very are very small. Like they're like very close shot, very like either one location or um like like only two or three people maybe so yeah i think i think it just means like bigger casts like maybe like a mm-hmm. like i'd love to see a, a a24 like like mob style movie you know like with like a huge with like a huge cast of of characters or um it doesn't even have to be like a it doesn't even have to be a superhero property but um, yeah like almost I, I like the idea of A24. I, uh, you know, do all the A24 like staples of just like, like you said, up close shots. You keep it, you keep it tight. Storytelling is definitely there, but like have an absurd cast, like expendables level, like cast. Yeah. But it's like mobster. All acting their asses off. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Willem Dafoe like would be a must Adam in Driver that. in there. Yeah, <laughs> and just the most <laughs> absurd cast. I don't care how much you spend on special effects. Like, if if you want big budget, I would love that. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. They would do that really well. Uh, I think the the first thing that comes to mind when you say like superhero in a twenty four is Invincible to me, at least. That would be that would be awesome. <laughs> But I think Amazon would want that. Oh, but yeah. I could, I could see like a like a twenty four producing Amazon distribution kind of thing going on. Um, but I could also see like a lot of like DC characters. I think DC is at the point that they would let some of those like be produced. Yeah. 
I think Marvel is setting up to uh, with their whole multiverse stuff. I think they're literally setting it up not only for a possible reboot if they ever want to do that. I think they would never do like a hard reboot. I think they would basically just take us to a different universe like this is the ultimate universe or something and they yeah. would start over that way um and then you could still bring in the old actors as like a oh they're traveling from that universe and you can yeah. keep that universe alive and well uh but i can definitely see them doing some stuff um maybe not outsourcing that now that it's disney but i think dc is a real possibility with some yeah. of their more obscure characters yeah, and I have heard about DC like wanting to shop around their properties a little bit. Um, apparently, they're looking to like go to other studios to produce some That's different cool. genre, yeah. some different genre stuff. I'd love to see a twenty four Swamp Thing or like a twenty four like Booster Gold or something where he's like I don't know like addi- like addicted to <laughs> addicted to drugs or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, by the way, James Gunn, the offer still stands. If you need someone to play Booster Gold, I'm training for that. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> uh, but I think I really hope they I think everyone took the wrong lessons from the MCU's success. They took all of the wrong stuff that the MCU was doing and was like, this is why it's yeah. doing well. It's doing well because they have the their intro shows yeah characters well, we need like that's why they're intro doing well. with our characters yep big teams mm-hmm. cameos lots of special and effects the, <laughs> and then the the like dc took it as we need to have a consistent tone for all of our movies yeah Zack snyder made our first man of steel movie and we have to keep that tone throughout the whole universe or it's not going to feel like a universe why yeah the flash movie well, like why the same tone as the batman like they changed the tone of the Wonder Woman movie yeah. and it was good. And was anyone like Wonder Woman feels so out of place in this Justice League movie? No, no, because it's Wonder Woman. She was like the best part why? of that movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, because she was like why? out of her element a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what made the Avengers good was yeah. the fact that Iron Man and Captain America, while having similar color grading, similar direction, similar shots, they were tonally very different yeah and you can do that with other studios other styles other color palettes like it doesn't matter i think and i think they're doing that like you said james gunn's also like yeah well we're gonna do animation people are gonna cross over from the animation and all of that stuff is all gonna be like interconnected yeah because why wouldn't it be yeah like you could do a superman james gunn's superman and it could be this happy-go-lucky. You could make it in the style of, like, you could have Taika Waititi do a movie. And you could have Zack Snyder do a movie. And they could still be in the same universe. Yeah. I don't understand the the need for a consistent tone. And that's something maybe A24 could do. Like, give A24, like you said, a Brewster Gold. I would love to see, like, a, a Green Lantern. Right? Yeah. Talking that big budget. Like, let's get a space Green Lantern green lantern movie yeah diving into all of the different like politics between the different colors of the lantern core that would be so cool yeah or like if we're stepping into marvel territory like a daredevil a24 movie would be Ooh. fire <laughs> that would be and, and there's so much they can do with it um and just not even on the topic of 
uh, like superheroes. I think you could do some remakes. There's a lot of like they they're looking into like franchises. There's like a lot of remakes that I'd like to see uh, be yeah. done, even if they're like not that interesting or spinoffs. Like, like imagine like a Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff or something. Like it's that's yeah. that's a stupid silly thing that I don't think anybody's really that pressed about the the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise at this point. But yeah, they're cool movies. It's a cool universe. Or A twenty four would do something Hulu crazy. Did, with uh, Hulu made like uh, Prey last year, and that was like a predator. Right? That was like a predator movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would like yeah, something like that would be sick. Yeah. I, I'm really excited to see what they do. Uh, obviously, A24 as a studio, it has probably one of the best track records of any studio in terms of putting out uh, unique, fresh uh, content. Uh, but not everything's a hit. So who knows? Maybe this bigger budget isn't good. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily bad, though, as some people are painting it to be. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing either. Uh, they they see big budget as soulless. But I don't, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. There's plenty of big budget things that we've seen that are really, really good, like Into the Spider-Verse or just a multitude of projects that have passion behind them. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Just get, if I'm A24 and I'm buying up the rights to a bunch of random stuff, just random, like who cares? Toy Soldiers, get the rights to Toy Soldiers. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Oh my god. Imagine that. Give me a give me like a someone get like Tim Burton on the phone and let's do a A24 <laughs> Toy Soldiers remake. That would oh, yeah. that would make it. Uh but it doesn't matter what the property is. Um and then just find good directors and let them just go crazy with it. Um that that's what they've done really well in the past. Don't change it, just put more money into it and it's gonna have a wider appeal and you're gonna make a whole lot of money as a studio. Just don't lose that model. Yeah. That's but that's enough about movie studios. Let's talk about the people that make movies movies. Um and not not the thousands of other people that make movies movies, the people that are on screen that get credit for making movies movies. <laughs> The top bill. Let's talk about the actors. Let's do it. So I went ahead and just kind of got like quick categories. We got six different categories of actors uh, from all different fields, um, whether that that be uh, musician, athlete, so and so. Uh, we have some broader, some more like tight ones, uh, depending on how many options I thought there was. Uh, some of them, there's plenty of options. Some of them you have to make a stretch for. Uh, there's no criteria for this. Just who do you think's the best actor here? Um, and let's go ahead and start off. Who do you have as your best musician? They could have started in TV, but people know them better as a musician or they tra- they've transferred whatever kind of thing. Uh, who do you got? I think it's got to be... Donald Glover. He's got to be my one, one, maybe one of my favorite actors, period. Mm-hmm. Um, loved him in community. Loved him as uh, uh, Simba in the live action Lion King, even though that wasn't, that wasn't the best, you know, but his portrayal, it's awesome. Um, uh, play, played uh, uh, Miles Morales in, in uh, one of the, 
the very first ever voiced Miles appearance. He's he's kind of the reason Miles Morales exists. Right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, like him him being like into Spider Man uh, prompted like, hey, why don't we have a black Spider Man? Yeah. Why don't we cast Donald Glover as the rebooted Spider Man? Ended up not happening. Oh wait, that's this is a really cool idea. Like, let's just do it. And yeah. Miles Morales, now one of the most famous comic characters ever. Yep. Enough said. Yeah. Uh, I had the same. I wrote Gambino, uh, Childish Gambino. If you don't know, that's his stage name. I think he created it with like a rap name generator, uh, mm-hmm. but it's iconic. Um, and I loved him on Community, obviously. Uh, I've loved him in pretty much everything he's been in. Uh, one of my favorite, like just celebrities of all time, just listening to them. Uh, speak and just how talented he is um so not really any debate there obviously there's a bunch of names that you could put here but we're just gonna say donald glover (laughs) so the next one is the best athlete actor now this one you can go a lot of different ways uh i went with a out there name because i thought i wasn't sure exactly who i wanted to decide on and then i decided on someone that's never even done a movie they've only done commercials so who did you pick for your best athlete? I picked uh, Happy Gilmore alum uh, Carl Weathers. Mm. Played uh, played Chubbs in uh, Happy Gilmore. He also plays uh, Grief Karga in The Mandalorian. Uh, all around uh, great actor, enjoyable to watch. And he also directed a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. So love that. Nice. Now you're gonna what 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 sport did Carl Weathers play? I believe he was a linebacker in the NFL okay all right that's that's something right there all right you don't see them linebackers moving in normally it's qbs undrafted in the 1970 nfl draft and then he Mm. signed with the oakland raiders and uh let's go just win baby win interesting okay (laughs) uh i went with the player still playing he's gonna be playing this sunday um and you probably haven't seen him in any commercials but i do genuinely believe that he is the best actor uh in terms of actual like just screen presence uh delivery and all that stuff and it's not peyton manning it's it's the one and only baker mayfield (laughs) the at home with baker mayfield series is a series of commercials uh for insurance (laughs) where the entire shtick is that you know, your home stadium, you call that home. Well, Baker Mayfield's actually living in there and he's going through all of the things you do at home, taking in groceries, but you don't have your keys or whatever. Uh, but it's funny because it's at a billion dollar stadium and not a house. Uh, and he's really, really good in them. And he's definitely someone that uh, once his NFL career is over, I would expect either he goes into the standard like talking head stuff. Uh, but ideally, I'd like to see this do act because I think he can <laughs> act, man. I haven't seen any of these commercials. I'll have to look them up after we're done. You, you gotta watch the at home <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. If you're an avid football watcher, you remember him. Uh, they used to play a ton especially when baker was uh not doing very good so i uh, <laughs> highly recommend that next one is uh the most concise topic it has the uh least amount of wiggle room but has the most amount of options and probably because this field is very performative in nature and that's the best wwe superstar turned actor who did you have for this john cena 
Gotta be. Um, there's a few. I almost said Dave Bautista, but mm-hmm. I feel like I, I. I feel like just John John Cena's presence, his his uh, his screen presence, and the characters that he plays. I feel like are just like more fun than Dave Bautista. Right. I mean, I think the the biggest thing with Cena, right, is he needs to get out of being Cena. Uh, and I think I think he can. I don't think he necessarily has yet in terms of like the characters he plays. But that's something The Rock was never able to do. Yeah. Like The Rock has never been able to not be The Rock. Yeah. And I think that's something Cena is better at. I think he can play just more like varying roles but at at the end of the day um i think he's got a really bright future ahead of him and i think when we look back at it uh obviously like my generation i grew up with cena i didn't grow up with the rock i didn't grow up in the 80s and 90s uh so i i'm like cena all the way uh so if he is my dwayne the rock johnson I I think we're in a better boat because I think he has a bit more range and he's way funnier. Yeah. But for mine, I went ahead and did Dave Bautista. I think his range is also incredible. Uh, and like just like he's done a ton of movies at this point. Uh, he's more of an actor, more known as an actor than he ever was as a WWE superstar. IMO. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in he's in movies, movies. Um, he's one of the highest grossing actors of all time when you add up. <laughs> all the Avengers and all of that. Like it's crazy. Um, so I, he's, he's great, great comedic timing, uh, great screen presence. Uh, and he's really able even for especially emotional scenes. I think he does those a lot better than like say Cena. Uh, we haven't really seen that side of him. So, um, I think he's really a, one of the better big budget actors in general. Uh, yeah. So the fact that he came from WWE is, is pretty crazy because most of these guys were like bodybuilders getting <laughs> signed. Yeah. And I've, uh, and I've heard him say that he wants to be doing more like emotional roles, like, like step away from like the, being the heavy, like the, like the heavy brood and trying mm-hmm. to actually do like some more meaningful roles, meaningful roles, that, which I think is cool. Yeah. And he's killing it so far. So, I'd love to see him keep it up. Always rooting for those WWE guys as they, they come from just a different background. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the best politician actor. And I'm going to go first on this one uh, because mine is also a WWE superstar because these <laughs> dudes got range because Glenn Jacobs was not only Kane in the WWE, but he also went on to be a governor and he's also acted in a lot of stuff. Uh, minor roles, some stuff is like WWE, but he's like a big 6'8 uh, kind of guy. But he has pretty great range, uh, pretty terrible politics. And he's a, he's an interesting <laughs> fellow for sure. Uh, big shout out to Glenn Jacobs. Who did you got? So also uh, not, not great politics, great actor. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, <laughs> the Terminator himself. Um, love, love every movie that he's in. You know, not every movie. I'm not going to say that, but uh, a majority <laughs> of them. You know, like there's a yeah. movie with uh, him and Danny DeVito that's pretty funny, like Twins mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, you know, Terminator Two, one of the greatest, one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. So, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that. Uh, obviously, he was an, kind of an actor before, but I think he got better as an actor 
uh, later in his career, uh, which was kind of after yeah. the uh, the office run. And I'm going to take the next one because uh, you keep giving me too good of segues because we're talking about the best nepotism actor. And I want to give a shout out to Gen V uh, for casting Patrick Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Obviously, um, you hear the name. He's not only a Schwarzenegger, but he's also a Kennedy uh, and he's got one of the craziest bloodlines you're ever going to see in the modern human world. Uh, and he's a pretty good actor. Obviously, we didn't get to see a ton of him in Gen V, yeah. but the first two episodes that he's in, uh, as well as like any flashback or additional scenes that they've shown, and we'll, we'll be talking about Gen V next week, uh, just really good. Uh, I think when you talk about nepotism actors you're obviously worried uh that they're you know gonna be johnny depp's daughter uh starring in a production produced by the weekend but not all of them are like that and uh most of them have worked really hard to get to where they are and i i think he's gonna be someone that he has that golden boy face and he's got that name yeah. he's patrick schwarzenegger so like i i expect this guy to be in big budget movies soon yeah. And for this this category I went with uh uh Jack Quaid. Same uh, franchise. Yep, same franchise from the boys. But um he's just like a really enjoyable actor, super charming on screen. It seems like um he was in uh he had like a few scenes in Oppenheimer. Uh and then uh he was also um Gwen Stacy's Spider-Man on her Earth right. and across the Spider-Verse. But um yeah, just a big fan of uh, of Jack Quaid and his work, and I feel yeah. like he, again he's got a big he's got a big career ahead of him. Yeah, uh, Jack Quaid, he's also is just super down to earth dude. Uh, yeah. Which when you come from that type of fame with Meg Ryan and all that, like you you expect these guys that have been handed everything to, you know, be a little, I don't know. Just not quite like not like Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid's kind of dude that's yeah. gonna talk to like fans at Comic Con and stuff. Uh, and I re- I really like him. Um, and I think he does a really good job in just listing what he's done. He's kind of owning 2022, 2023, uh, and we haven't even seen the boys yet, which is like his big role uh, in terms of screen time. So yeah. uh, re- really excited for that. Really excited to see where Jack Quaid goes. Uh, he's another one I can see you know, being in some big budget as like, you know, if you're going to have like a, a heist movie, like he's oh, like yeah. a guy in a heist movie for sure. Definitely. Um, and then for the best internet personality actor, this one can be hard as there are a lot of ways you can classify this. And most internet personalities are younger, so they haven't had the chance to go on and do too much yet. Uh, so you're talking preliminary roles, or if you just really liked Jake Paul and Bizarre Vark or something. <laughs> Is that an actual movie? Bizarre Vark? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a TV show oh, that has that unreal... Cool. Dude, unreal uh, talent on that show. Go ahead and tell me your uh, best internet, and I'll, I'll give you some of the people that were on Bizarre Vark. So I went with uh, someone who might not be very well known. Uh, his name is uh, Jimmy Tatro. He's been in 22 mm-hmm. Jump Street. Uh, he was just in a movie that I watched called Theater Camp. He's pretty good in that. Um, they used, he used to be in this uh, YouTube like show called The Real Bros of Simi Valley. 
you've ever seen that um that, that's pretty funny it's got like cody okay. co in it but um oh hell yeah but uh yeah i just think he's uh he always plays like the like the douchebag or the the like airhead like guy friend that doesn't really know what's happening but uh mm-hmm. i don't know he's he's enjoyable to watch so that's what i put down awesome so i mean i want to give a shout out to cody co he's uh if you don't know cody co now you know uh he's classic youtube commentary channel but he's you know been i believe he's been doing acting lessons for a few years now uh and he appears in a few things uh if you guys have ever seen the the like i think it's what's it called the almost friday tv they do skits they're very like highly produce skits it's kind of like a mixture of a classic youtube skit and a movie uh and he's really really good in those so uh i want to give him the shout out on that honest obviously but uh i I, real quickly this bizarre so the star of bizarre is olivia rodrigo like (laughs) damn this is before high school the musical the musical the series uh yes this this was going on in 2012 or no 2016 uh, this is when Bizarre Vark was happening, 2016 through 2019. Uh, and Jake Paul, obviously, uh, maybe I I overestimated. I just I just knew Olivia Rodrigo was in it, which obviously, if you don't know Olivia Rodrigo, one of the biggest stars uh, in the in music at this point. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. It, it seems like most of the other people uh, have not gone on to do much. Uh, Madison Hugh is the was the second lead. She did sixty three episodes along with Olivia Rodrigo, and her last like credit was an Olivia Rodrigo music video. So nice. <laughs> don't know where we're going there, but for my for my uh, internet personality uh, turned actor, I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, hopefully, I'm pronouncing his name right to Scott Sias. Uh, he was in Cocaine Bear. He was the EMT in Cocaine Bear with the mustache. Uh, but a lot of people may know him from the retail like TikToks he would do working in Ikea. Uh, then the music hits and he just goes wild and they're hilarious clips. I highly recommend him if you've ever worked retail or if you just like uh, hearing people rant about their jobs in a comedic fashion. Uh, but he got a shot on Cocaine Bear. And I I don't know if he was friends with someone in production or someone in production was like watching him and was like, yo, this guy's really funny. Yeah. Let's just get him in a movie. Who cares? We're, we're Cocaine Bear. Yeah. I feel like they need to just start doing that more, you know? Like if Why people not? are good on on like social media, like doing like 10 second comedies, like second, like 10 second comedy bits, you know, like they have yeah. to, like they have to be able to deliver a line in a movie and they got to be cheap. And you, you get the pop from their audience, like being like, Whoa, that's a whole audience that w- would never, obviously Scott's probably not the best example. I don't think he really has that kind of following, but like there's certain people that like Cody Co, for example, like why not just cast Cody Co in a throwaway role? Yeah. There's so many people that are going to see that movie just because he's in it. And his acting isn't going to hold the production back at all. So yeah, I I I really like the idea, and uh, maybe it's a it's a trend we see. But um, that's our that's our list of the best actors by 
varying mediums. A uh, few surprises in there. I don't think anyone would have expected me to say Baker Mayfield, but shout out <laughs> Bakey. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on to some movies. Uh, talk let's about what it. we've been watching and so, all that great stuff. I uh, I wanted to talk about Influencer because I just watched Influencer. It is. It came out last year. I didn't get to it last year. Uh, I had already gone all the way through on my horror movies for October, and I, I just didn't squeeze it in. Mo- most most like horror movies that release in theaters are like that for me because I like watching horror movies at home. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear the other people for like horrors and thrillers. Like that's very much like a comedy action movie feel for me. Uh, if it's a psychological thriller like Influencer is, I want to watch that at home. So uh, I w- finally got around to watching it. It's very, very good. It's very, very smart. It isn't like any thriller that I've watched in terms of n- unpredictability. Um, the whole movie, you're expecting to be one thing, and it's not at every single turn it's not what you expect and i think i'm pretty good at predicting movies okay this is they're showing me this because they want to show me this later or they're showing me this because this is going to happen later and there'd be times where they they foreshadow something and it's the reason they were foreshadowing it it's not like they were just it's like a red herring they are showing you it but it's not for the reason you think and it it just feels really smart it doesn't feel like you're um watching one of those like so bad it's good it feels like you're genuinely enjoying it in like kind of a knives out kind of feel uh but it's a lot more like thriller there's a bit of gore but there's a lot less than you'd expect from it and i really really impressed by it i think it's something that probably didn't cost too much money Nice. Uh, probably was a financial success and yeah. I think it's something that um, if you are interested in thrillers uh, something you should definitely watch and you said this was released uh, in theaters I believe so uh, it may have been kind of a more uh, digital like kind of rollout it would, it's on AMC plus with a subscription I, I got you yeah nobody has uh, got a fucking amc plus subscription but it's kind of like a it's uh distributed by shutter i don't know if it has a it has a box office does it probably not uh yeah no it only made 200k at the box office so that's got to be like just like uh smaller theater releases so um but it, it's got like a 92 percent on rotten tomato and for good reason so highly recommend you watch that what have you been oh, watching, yeah. Trent? So last week, we uh, you talked about your reviews of bo- your review of Bottoms and uh, Bottoms gave me a movie to watch, which was Vacation Friends. Mm-hmm. And I watched that, so I uh, I enjoyed it. It was a it was a fun comedy. Um, there was definitely like some stuff that I was like expecting to happen that didn't happen. Like I like for sure. I I thought for sure that John Cena was like a, like an undercover, like, like a, like a secret op, you know? Yeah. And, and then that, like that was going to be revealed at some point, but uh, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the, like the only, one of my gripes about the movie though, was just like some of the characters are just so dumb, you know? <laughs> like, Oh Yeah. 
like the like yeah in the very beginning there's like a desk worker and i forget exactly what he did but he was he was just like he was just just super bad at his job and then um like they they're talking about john cena uh like sneaking sneaking weed into the resort and he was like he's like he's the first person to ever smuggle weed into mexico <laughs> like i know that was a joke but yeah was like yeah just really it's out there yeah no there's definitely like it it's good but it there's jokes that miss and like you said sometimes the characters are a bit past believability but there's also like certain moments especially like when i forget her name but the the wife uh the crazy wife is like talking and it felt very real yeah. like she was obviously unhinged but like everybody's had conversations with like that unhinged person where you're like holy shit it's ramping up yeah kind of thing yeah and i think they captured that really well i think cena is incredibly likable in it mm -hmm. uh, and uh and they kind of delve more into how weird of people they are in the sequel uh which i do recommend if you if you watched it it's it's nothing special. I think the Vacation Friends entire series is kind of just like if you like Cena, if yeah. you like that's why I would recommend someone watching it. Um, but I mean, they're they're enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah, uh, he nothing groundbreaking, but he he carries it. Yeah, yeah. And when he you could just see that he's having a lot of fun, and I can see like why they made a second one because he was probably just like yeah, I just just want to keep. I just want to play this character again and i don't I, like i'm assuming they probably go to on a different vacation in the second one so <laughs> yep yep and there's uh the the probably the most unlikely one is that that hotel uh guy he's he's in it he's one of the better characters oh, really? in the sequel <laughs> yeah i don't know why he shows up but he's in it uh and it, it's pretty decent so if you if you ever need 90 minutes to kill vacation friends too it's definitely something uh, but we like to end these off with uh, one of us recommending a movie to the other. Obviously, I gave you that. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you got for me this week? It is a law abiding or law binding that I have to watch this movie before the next recording. So what, what's it going to be, Trent? So it is October, you know, a little, little yeah. spooky, mm -hmm. a little, uh, little ominous, you know. So I think I'll uh, I'll go with Annihilation. Uh-huh. I've been trying to get me to watch that for a <laughs> long time. And I'm down. I've I've always been down. It's uh it's a longer movie. Yeah, it is a longer so movie. I I I I oftentimes if I'm trying to decide between two movies, which one's shorter is what I'll go with. Uh so there's been a couple times that it's been between Annihilation and another movie and it's just gotten the boot for being longer, but I'm excited to finally watch it. Uh, I hear Natalie Portman's great in it and you know, you got I'm I'm like looking at the cast here. It's, it's a Thompson cast and Oscar. Yeah, Isaac. and we got Gino Rodriguez. And Gino like, Rodriguez is in it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is gonna be fun. Uh, and I'm I'm down for some sci-fi. And it's uh, supposedly a really good movie. One of your favorites, right? Yeah, very interesting uh, concept. Very. Uh, I love the way I love the way that uh, that the story unfolds. 
Right. So I will uh, be back next week uh, with my first time reaction to watching Annihilation. I want to thank everybody for listening. I really appreciate it if you made it all the way through the pod. Uh, and I hope you tune in next week to hear my Annihilation review and all the other random stuff we have to say about Gen V and the rest of the filmmaking movie, TV, world. What do you got, Trent, for yep. us before we sign out? Thanks for all for watching. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. You made it this yeah. far. Um, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this wasn't too boring, a little bit less uh, longer than last time, you know? just by yeah. uh, you know like an hour or something uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'll, we uh, got see- off the marvel stuff yeah so uh yeah we'll see you all next week thanks for listening see y'all next week love you bye deuces